Today, we learn Canada's banking regulator has temporarily seized the assets of Silicon uh, Valley Bank's loan Canadian branch after the uh, financial institution collapsed um, uh, on Friday. Uh, U.S. banking regulators on Friday uh, were forced to, to urgently close the uh, California bank after billions of dollars were withdrawn by fearful depositors. Now, there are fears other banks could face similar difficulties, but today, U.S. President Joe Biden stressed that Americans can have confidence in the U.S. banking system. Take a listen. Today, thanks to the quick action of my administration over the past few days, Americans can have confidence that the banking system is safe. Your deposits will be there when you need them. Small businesses across the country, the deposit accounts at these banks can breathe easier knowing they'll be able to pay their workers and pay their bills. And their hardworking employees can breathe easier as well. Now, of course, uh, what is happening to Silicon Valley branch is, of course, happening in the context of a high interest rate environment and, of course, a high inflationary period as well. Recently, the Globe and Mail reported that CIBC, our own CIBC, the Canadian Imperial Bank of Commerce, showed that $52 billion worth of mortgages, which is equivalent to about 20% of the bank's $260 billion residential loan portfolio, that's 20%, were in position where the borrower's monthly payment was not high enough to cover even the interest portion of the loan. So uh, this issue in the Silicon Valley uh, Bank is not uh, isolated. It's happening in the context of broader uh, fiscal challenges, not only for our broader economy, but for the average homeowner uh, as well. Uh, Time now to talk to our financial uh, advisor and business analyst on this issue. And there's no one better than Michael Levy who joins us now. Michael, thank you for speaking to us today. Thanks, Jazz. Nice to be with you. Yeah, a lot going on as I was coming into work today, listening to all these stories. I said, I got to give Michael a call because uh, there's a, you know different stories in the U.S. and here as well. So it's uh, good to be talk about all of these issues. First and foremost, what is the impact of the Silicon Valley bank collapse in the U.S.? It, will there be repercussions or any potential repercussions here in Canada? No, there won't, Jazz. And the one uh, branch you were talking about is not a deposit-taking branch. It was just a branch, a Canadian branch of the American bank, but not for regular public use. So the fact is that's been closed down also by regulators here, but it will have little to no, well, not, not even little, it will have no impact on Canadian banking whatsoever. How can this happen in 2023? And we've gone through this with, with um, you know, uh, Lehman Brothers, and it's, it's a little different than Silicon Valley Bank, Bank and I understand that. But how can – how why is this happening now? Uh, Jazz, it's basically mismanagement. Um, uh, they took their deposits, and the deposits just don't sit in the bank and do nothing. So the bank puts them out in what they would consider ultra-safe investments, like buying U.S. Treasury instruments, bonds or T-bills, but the fact is they also have some risk involved, and we've seen that uh, uh, overtake the banking industry, well, industry on its own, and the banking system. So if you go out a year ago and buy a uh, two- or five-year United States Treasury bond, and it's paying 3% interest. So what you're doing is you're taking your customer's money, putting it in the safest asset there is, that's U.S. Treasuries, and uh, you hold a portion of your portfolio on that until it's needed, and you, the bank, earn on those deposits. They also... uh, uh, take money that you put in your account here in Canada, and they do 
uh, investments with them, but these were not safe investments in a high interest rate environment where rates were going higher. So let me just picture this for you. Uh, you take in customers' money and you put it out at 3% in the safest instrument, U.S. Treasury bond. And when you go to cash it in because you have to give the customer, you, you have to make the customer whole because they, A, want to pay bills or pay payrolls or they want to take their money out of the bank and the interest rate on the five-year notes now is 5%. Well, nobody wants to buy that from you because it's only paying 3%. So what happens? Mm -hmm. You've got to discount it below face value in order to be competitive in the marketplace. So instead of getting $100 for a $100 bond, you might get $97.50. Well, just take that and explode it out, which is what happened. And uh, SVB, uh, Silicon Valley Bank, could not meet their obligations. The minute that got out, every depositor, every company, every high-tech company that was doing business with them started a stand on the bank wanting to get money out and that happened midweek last week and then the regulators came in and said we can't do this this can't happen so they closed the bank and basically closed the bank now there were two kinds of depositors there's your normal everyday you and me who put our money in the bank mm -hmm. well federal deposit insurance in the United States covered everybody up to a quarter of a million dollars so there's no retail client that got hurt or burned but the bigger the startups the the the, the silicon valley companies that were banking with them well theirs were not and are not covered so then we have to look for somebody else to step up to the plate otherwise this becomes a problem that not only for the uh, um, depositors and investors in silicon valley bank but it starts to spread like a disease for which there is absolutely no stopping it unless the federal government steps in um in this case, uh, this has obviously made international news. Um, for the average um, consumer who is concerned about high interest rates, we can get to that in the next segment. But just in regards to interest rates themselves, does this what does this tell the, the, the U.S. Fed or, or even the Bank of Canada here? I mean, does this put any pressure on them to just hold where they're at? Perhaps some of them are, you know, it's in the U.S. perhaps considering another rate increase. Uh, what does this mean in regards to that issue? That's the prescient question, Jazz, and you've nailed it. What the Fed was doing, in my opinion, and I've held this opinion for quite a while now, was too much, too fast. We're in Canada. It's a different. It's a different outlook. Uh, Tiff Macklem, the governor of the Bank of Canada, said we're going to raise rates. We're going to do it slowly. We're going to pause. We're going to see how we raised rates and what the effect that was. We're going to give it time to work through the system. Jay Powell, the uh, the, the head of the U.S. Federal Reserve, said as early as last week, we're going to keep raising rates and we're going to raise them till we get inflation to turn around and. And uh, we are going to do 25 basis points. We'll do 50 basis points if we have to. That turned on a dime this weekend. You're going to see the U.S. Fed not stop raising rates, but back off and say, uh, j just, just take a breath and let things start to normalize out there. And that's not going to happen overnight. 
Um, what impact do you think this is going to have on the tech sector? I mean, this is a Silicon Valley bank, as you said. Startups are reliant on it. Other um, uh, bigger uh, customers, business customers are reliant on it. I mean, does this impact the ability just to even raise money or just for a moment uh, a pause to that industry as well? It'll be more than a moment, and you're absolutely correct. It is going to be tougher for them to get that kind of venture capitalist cap, uh, capital uh, because people are going to be gun-shy. Um, they, they're going to be gun-shy about giving the money to a venture capitalist or a tech company that's going to put money in one of the smaller banks. I mean, just stop and think for a minute. Uh, um, a Silicon Valley bank was worth $212 billion. That was the worth of the bank. And you take a look at JP Morgan Chase, and they're up 2.3, and I could be wrong, it might be even a little more trillion dollars. Hmm. So your regular banking industry did not really even get hit badly today. They got hit, but not badly. And here in Canada, Canadian banks were down 2%. No big deal. That's just another day at the office for Canadian banks. Uh, Michael, let's focus a little bit on um, things closer to home, specifically people and their mortgage payments. Uh, interesting article just a couple of weeks ago in the Globe and Mail, which I don't think got as much play as it should have. CIBC, in a little footnote in one of their reports, said it showed that they had $52 billion worth of mortgages here in Canada. That's equivalent of 20% of all their residential mortgages in this country. So for CIBC, one of our major banks, they said that 20% of those mortgages were in a position where the borrower's monthly payment was not high enough to cover even the interest portion of the loans. And this is a, a footnote in a, in a report, and there's many other uh, of our major banks that don't actually mention anything like this. Uh, first and foremost, did that, that number surprise you? Yep. Simply, yes, it did. Um, they have a $263 billion mortgage portfolio, $52 billion of that, of those are underwater. Now, this is going to be, these are going to be mortgages, basically, that are, are variable rate mortgages, Jazz. That is, you go out and you get a variable rate, and when you do that, in normal times, you will get a rate that's less than the fixed rate. And when you do it, they'll assign a certain amount to the interest and a certain amount to paying off the principal. As interest rates go up, they're going to use more of the money that you have for uh, the interest and less for principal until we get to a point where, uh-oh, all your money is being used up to pay the interest and nothing going on principal. And then they have a trigger clause, and uh, that trigger clause is uh, we can start coming back after you and ask you to give us more money. The other thing would be is if your property is valued well enough, then they just uh, get more and more attachment to your property. Uh, that would be the collateral. But basically, the Bank of Commerce is 20% um, uh, uh, underwater. We do not know what the other banks are, but they look at it a little differently than CIBC. But let me just say, right now is none of the Canadian banks are in any kind of mortgage trouble whatsoever. They're still doing businesses. They're still writing mortgages. It's just that CIBC is just approaching it a little differently. And they are underwater at 20%, and that's significant. Yeah, I mean, and to my understanding, the Toronto Dominion Bank and the Bank of Montreal 
also offers similar products that allow mortgages to negatively amortize. Uh, I, I, if, and I agree with you. I think there's, our banking system is still uh, safe and and uh, and nothing to do or compared to what's happening in the United States. But you know, do you have any sense of what? all of this is doing to the average consumer. I, I'm basing this on just calls you get from people, things that you hear anecdotally. Uh, I just cannot believe that there has to be tremendous impact on people right now. We're probably not hearing it or seeing it as much as we probably need to, but it is quite concerning when the CIBC, even the CIC, CIBC Bank is releasing that type of information. It really gives you just a brief glimmer in regards to the challenges that people have before them uh, with this high interest rate environment or very quick uh, raise in interest rates. Looking at it that way, yes, there are people, there are people that I know personally whose mortgages are underwater and they've come to them to say, we want the differential straight out. So if the differential is $200 a month because your uh, mortgage interest will not be uh, carried by the rate that you're paying, then these people have been asked for money. Well, nobody's in trouble here because the underlying asset is worth a heck of a lot more, and I mean a heck of a lot more, that being the house, than what you owe on it. But uh, it does give people pause to reflect. But again, we have, uh, Jazz, this reminds me of interviews we did in 2009, 2010, and asking the same questions. We have the safest banking system in the world is right here in Canada. And one of the reason is there's only six big banks in this country and very, very few small regional banks. Where in the United States, there are thousands of small banks, literally thousands of small banks. Mm-hmm. They have to be a lot more worried than we are here. No, absolutely. But I just see that number. Maybe it's because the information like this usually isn't, uh, so, isn't offered and publicized like it is in this case with CIBC generally banks keep that um, you know when they have to disclose they will but generally you don't hear about that type of information at all so it got my attention when I saw it a couple of weeks ago that's for sure as you know where the uh, information is every quarter if you look at what the banks put aside for loan losses that money for mortgages that are underwater will be included. So when a bank says we put away $253 million this quarter for possible loan losses, those mortgages that are underwater are included in that number. Michael, thanks for your time today. Thanks, Jazz.